The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. 60 verse 1, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This beginning text here, Arise and shine, for your light has come. When that sunrise comes up at three in the morning, <laughs> or whatever time it is right now, when those first rays peek over that e the eastern mountains, if you're awake at that time, slaying reds on the Russian River. If you're awake at that time, there's a point when when you can, everything begins to get brighter and brighter, but you're still in the shadow. It's like a, there's a point when I'm out of the lights and a point when I'm back in them. I'm out. I'm in. This scripture says rise and shine. The picture is the glory of the Lord is, is, is risen upon the land, but you have to rise up. You have to step up into that. Or you can stay in your seat and complain that there's no light. No, you need to rise. There's something that you can do in your heart to rise and shine and the glory of the Lord will come upon your life. I don't know all that's going to happen tonight. We might close here soon. I'm just trying to find the wind of the Spirit. I've been moved by a number of things over the past few days that I wanted to, I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you. Um, one, I'm again amazed at the lives of people who've come into this place broken and tore up. I mean, I mean, like, rough. But they came in and they put their hands to the plow. Most of the time, they're in just about every service. The, the, the particular kind of person I'm talking about, not that you have to be in every service, you don't. Let the Lord lead you. I'm in every service. I think it's awesome. But this, there's a particular group of folks that get so hungry and so thirsty and so desperate for God that, that you can't keep them out of prayer. You can't keep them out of services. And they just keep coming, crying out to God, answering altar calls, reading their Bible. There's a desperation that's about them. And I've found once again that those who live that way in a consistent way obeying God obeying his word confessing you know and being accountable and transparent that God is transforming their lives and I don't mean a regular kind of transformation I mean full-blown radical transformation 
But you know, not everybody gets a transformation. I've seen people half step. I've seen people come into the house of the Lord and within six months exceed the maturity of somebody who's been in the church for 10 years. So how's that? Desperation and hunger. They know more word. They're hungry for God. They're walking closer with God as somebody been in the church for 10 years. It's not a competition. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is what you deep, what you want deep down in the city of your soul, only God can provide for you. And half-stepping will never get there. A, a, a full heart, a whole heart, seeking him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what releases his favor. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And when you're filled with, with him, when you're filled with righteousness, and you're filled with the word, and you're filled with heaven, guess what can't stay? Everything else that's not the work got to go. Everything else that's not the spirit gets driven out. Every other habit. Demonic things get broken off. Somebody said, do you ever cast out devils in church? Yeah, I think some left tonight. Doesn't have to be like somebody screaming and shouting and pass out brown bags and people barf and they... That, that. I command depression to go. Discouragement to go. You can be free. You can be healed. So I'm amazed at that. I've seen so many, a whole new wave of, of healing, satisfaction, fulfillment, breakthrough. Physical breakthrough, financial breakthrough, emotional breakthrough. Sozo is the Greek word. Sozo. It's, it's everything. If you've compartmentalized your Christianity to just being this thing with God and that's all that affects, that's not Christianity. Sozo is, a, is the affecting of your entire life. The Apostle Paul in the book to the Thessalonians says, I pray that you be sanctified through and through spirit, soul, and body. A sanctification that's your entire being. And so I'm amazed at that. And the other thing I've been amazed at is the phenomenal amount of divine appointments. Let me just throw some prophetic bombs out to you, what I feel like the Lord is saying. We're moving into a season of tremendous fulfillment. Thank you, Pastor Alex. We're good. Tremendous fulfillment. You're going to see growth and increase of the church, and growth and increase and in people maturing in Christ. And you're going to see a season of suddenlies are upon us. There's going to be sudden breakouts of God on jobs, sudden breakouts of God in, in prayer meetings, sudden breakouts of God in homes. I lived in Manhattan years and years ago, and I was a part of a thing called the Hunger Project. Again, not knowing Christ at this time. Went to a church. The meeting was in a lower part of a church. They had actually turned the lower part of a church into a gathering hall. But upstairs apparently was a chapel and it was roped off and you couldn't go upstairs. Well, I didn't know anything about the chapel, but I was the kind that went over ropes. <laughs> Anybody else like that? See a rope? I feel led to go over it. I don't know. So I looked around. It was a beautiful old building. I looked around and I thought, oh yeah. And I stepped over and went up these seemingly ancient stairs that wound up and they 
wound, beautiful, all made out of mahogany and just beautiful. I got to the second floor and I'm creeping around, you know, looking around. Is there anybody? I don't see anybody. And I walk into this room. When I walked into the room, there was a single candle burning and it was the chapel. And when I walked into the room, I walked into a cloud of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I sat, I was like, whoa, what's that? And I, I kind of knew that it was God's Spirit, but I kind of didn't. I didn't have language for it. I'm like, man, whoa. And I went down and got, this is how dramatic it was. I went back downstairs, got my friend, grabbed them, pulled them out, looked around. We both stepped over the rope, went all the way upstairs. I said, wait till you see this. We walked into the room and it was like, and we just sat there and cried in God's presence. That's what I call a suddenly. You see, you're praying for people, you're believing. I want you to believe for sudden outbreaks of God. Believe for sudden releases of his power. In Fred Myers, in Target. That's the French name for Target. In Walmart, Walmart needs a move of God. Especially about 11.30 at night. Believe for sudden outbreaks of God in your home. Sudden outbreaks of God's spirit in the schools, in your small groups, in the universities. Believe for that. See, you'll see that throughout all of Scripture. It's not uncommon. It's common. So God's going to do that, and he's going to bring sudden dramatic salvations as well. The Lord spoke to me even now that the Lord is going to intervene in the lives of some very important people across the nation and beginning to save them. I believe he's already started to do that. But the Apostle Paul, his name was Saul, tremendous man of influence. He's a young man, had the authority of the chief, the high priests and scribes to go and persecute the church. And he goes, and you can read his story and his testimony. He's on the road to Damascus to go persecute the church. And suddenly there came a light that shone around him. He heard a voice. He fell to the ground. And the voice says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And he ends up getting right with God and going three days blind to a city called Damascus. God wants to save people, influential people, and if we don't pray, I believe that his hand will be hindered. We must pray and believe for an outbreak of God in our nation, an outbreak of God in, in the people that are decision makers and even high places. Can you say amen? amen. I felt also to share from a verse of scripture Found in the book of Acts, you can turn there. You know, so many people, while you're turning there, the book of Acts, so many people are centered on the main meeting, like, you know, this one. Turn to Acts 8. So centered on the main meeting in America, in church, that they miss what God's doing all around us. God is doing amazing things in our midst. He really is. And he wants to do amazing things through you. You know, Paul went to the, when he's in Athens, he goes to the Aragopagus, 
goes to the marketplace and he ministers to those who happen to be there. I believe it's Acts 17. We're going to Acts, what did I say? Eight. Eight. Good, you guys are listening. He ministers to those who happen to be there. It's an interesting scripture because I'm telling you, God has divine appointments all over the place, but if you're not willing to go out and meet or greet, be open in your heart, then you'll never experience that. I'm convinced the enemy tries to put depression, irritation, anxiety on you so that you miss those divine appointments. I had one recently that's, uh, that was profound. And as I was meeting this person, I had the opportunity instantly, I've never met them before, but they were breaking the law, basically. And so I had the opportunity to rebuke them. And so as they approached, I'm ready to say, excuse me, do you realize, blah, blah, blah. And just as I'm about to say, excuse me, I was perfectly in within my rights to declare that this man was violating, trespassing, so on and so forth. And as they get to that point, the Lord's like, don't do that. I'm like, Okay, comes a little closer, boom, God encounter. How many of you know his heart could have been shot off? I said, yo, bro, what you doing? You trespassing. How many of you know that probably wouldn't have worked out so well? Oh, I'm so sorry, we never would have talked. In Acts chapter eight, are you all there? Yes. Philip, is scattered along with those who preach the word. Look at verse 4. Preach the word where they went. Philip, wherever they went, Philip went down to the city of Samaria to finish what Jesus started. Proclaimed Christ there. When many crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks. Wow, awesome. Is that what your Bible says? With shrieks. Ah! I, I, I. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. And many paralytics and cripples were healed. You know, this whole thing destroys the fact that miracles only went through the apostles because Philip was just somebody that served meals. He's just a regular guy in the church, leader of the church. Paralytics are healed. Cripples are healed. So there was great joy in the city. In the city. There's great joy because Philip came, preached the gospel, signs and wonders break out, and there's great joy in the city. It goes on to talk about this sorcerer, this witch, ends up getting his heart right, getting right with the Lord. It's later shown that even though he was baptized, he believed Philip's message and that he was baptized in water and he's in fellowship, a criteria that fulfills most requirements for board members in churches across America. Yet Simon the sorcerer was in bondage. And we've taught this before, but let me just say that you can be a Christian and still be in bondage. Just because you've received Jesus, and I don't make light of that, it's the greatest miracle being saved, but there are many people that are in bondage even though they've received Jesus. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free, but you're only free to the truth that you know. And you know you know it when you're living it. And there's many that are in bondage even tonight, though you are a believer, you've been held captive, you've been held by the chains of the enemy, maybe in your thoughts. 
kind of another message. There's deliverance and hope for you. And so this great revival, you know, every man of God, I, I believe most of you certainly may hope and dream for an outbreak of God that's unprecedented. What do you mean by that? I mean so many people coming to Christ, so many people being healed, that it ends up filling every church, and we have to build more buildings and more buildings, and our new building is too small. Kids worshiping at school, they can't stop them because of the joy for what God has done. God pouring out His Spirit, prayer meetings spontaneously erupting in supermarkets across the land. That people begin to know God and do his exploits and see his glory put on display. Salvation, healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. It's my dream to see America swept with another great awakening. It's my dream to see the nations overcome by a wave of God's power and glory. And I hope that he starts it here, but I really don't care. I really don't care who's preaching. Mickey Mouse can preach for all I care. I just want to see it. I want to be a part of the great end time revival. I want to see God do miracles, signs, and wonders. And we are seeing that. Although it might just be a drop, I'm believing, believing for a mighty rain. I'm believing for a great release. I'm thankful for the new liver. I'm thankful for people getting set free. But I'm looking for a wholesale outbreak of God that can't be pointed to one man or any one person or any one church that there's a power put on display in our nation. That is the only hope for America. The only hope for America is Jesus Christ. That's the only hope. And if you don't believe that, you're deceived. And if you don't like that, Merry Christmas. So in the midst of this dream, this is really what's happening for Philip, in the midst of this dream, God speaks to him and says, uh, yeah, time to go. Let's read this. Now the angel of the Lord, verse uh, 26. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. So now we don't know what time period there is right there. God speaks to him, leave this revival and go to the road and get hiking. So he obeys. Revival and the outpouring of the Spirit of God tarries in some places because there's not, there's not a willingness to go on to the next thing. You see, you might have a very lucrative business, but God's speaking to you to do something else. But you don't want to let go of your lucrative business. You, you, might, you might be doing something right now that's bringing great blessing to your life. Listen, don't wait till God has to shut the whole thing down for you to obey. Many times God will lead you on out of something when it's sizzling and on fire to the next place because that's his will for you. And this wasn't like buckshot. Philip was a submitted leader. He wasn't just willy-nilly skipping, skipping everywhere. He was, he was serving in the house of the Lord, and he was faithful, and he was chosen to help the apostles in the distribution of the food. And, and so now he's preaching where Jesus left off. Revival breaks out, and God says, Yo, Philip, head down the road. He's like, no problem, and he goes, but we don't know how long that is. 
Can you imagine finally seeing the outbreak of God and then God says, I've got something else for you to do. So we don't know how long it is and he goes out to the end of the road and he's in the desert and then the angel of the Lord says to him, So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, a important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone, his way, gone to Jerusalem to worship, he was on his way, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the Spirit told Philip, everybody say the Spirit told Philip, Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, I, I don't know. Dude had some wheels. You know what I'm talking about? He could run. And Philip ran up to the chariot, supernaturally empowered. I believe that God is going to cause us to run at a rate that we've never run at before. But it's going to be different than we've ever done before. At KC, we're, we're used to working extremely hard. I remember someone accused me on Facebook. He said, oh, you pastors are so lazy. All you do is preach on Sunday morning. I just wanted to reach right through Facebook and slap them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? but you don't answer a fool in their folly. I just went, well, praise the Lord. I'd say I'd trade you for a week, but I'd never give up the joy of doing what I'm doing. I ain't trading anybody. And yes, it's challenging and it's awesome and it's rewarding beyond anything you could possibly imagine. I've run so hard. I've almost burned myself out, destroyed my family and wasted myself. I've done that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about running under an anointing. I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit of God. It's not how many hours you put in, it's how effective your time is. And, and you can do something under an anointing. You can fish one of the anointing and you have to call to your brothers to help you, or you can go fishing in the flesh and get nothing. The, it's the anointing that makes all the difference. It's the power of God in that right walling. It's the power of God that makes all the difference. You could try to do something in the arm of the flesh and work at it and work at it. I heard people say, well, I can't come to prayer because I don't have enough time. Dude, you don't have enough time not to pray. <laughs> you know, I found that when I make prayer a priority, then what ends up happening is when you would go to call somebody and you'd get a maybe a message and you call again, you get a message because you, you weren't in prayer that, we, that day. Or you go to do something and it's like you miss or you play phone tag. It seems that when I go to prayer, boom, reach them on the first time. Bam, run into the person I needed to meet, you know, on the way. And one, two, three, divine appointments, favor, 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 boom. Get five times the amount done in one day because I'm under an anointing because I'm running under the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you, you can do things in the arm of the flesh and you will burn out. You will burn out at your job. I've heard people say, oh, it's so hard to serve God. What are you talking about? It's just hard. You need to be filled with the Spirit or something. We serve in two different gods, I think. Hard is the way of the transgressor. Does anybody else remember what hard was like? Do you remember what it was like when you were lost? Do you remember what it was like when you were tormented? Do you remember what it was like and you lie on your bed and you have no idea how you're going to make it through, not even knowing if you could have another breath? Do you remember what it was like to be on your sickbed and to have no hope and then Jesus came through, healed you, set you free, and gave you hope? Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like to be lost? Come on, hard is the way of the transgressor. Hallelujah. Running with Jesus under an anointing, that's joy. Serving God should be fun. Yes. I say to nearly every one of my guests, I said to Minister Gill, as I turned the first part of the service over to him, have fun. Yes. 
Some of you are so uptight. When I first got here, you want to talk about uptight. Who was here when I first got here? Anybody here? All right, good. God bless you. Oh, Pastor Karen. I think it was one of our first weekends. And honestly, people were really, I don't know, you know, just, there's up, it felt uptight. There was no joy. There was no smiling. It was kind of arms folded. What are you going to preach today? And it, it snowed. And so I said, man, when's the last time y'all did a donut in your car? And they were like, what's well, a, a Brody? How about that? That's like, that's like Alaska terminology, Brody. How many of you know what a Brody is? <laughs> Raise your hand if you know what a Brody is. Raise your hand if you know what a donut is. It's the same thing. All right. So I said, here's what I want you to do. Y'all so uptight. You need to like do some donuts in the parking lot and loosen up a little bit. And they just looked at me like, what? I said, I give you permission to do donuts in the parking lot. Just try not to hit anything. If you do, it's on you, all right? Just you can do donuts at, yeah, I'm not giving you the permission. It's summer, all right? You stay off the grass. The following weekend, it was like something different in the church. There was sort of some half smiles. And so I, I said, so, how many of you did Brody's in the parking lot? And people were like. We had a few people that got set free by doing donuts. Listen, don't. If you don't have fun serving God, I'm telling you something is radically wrong. It's wrong. Oh, it's hard. No, it's not hard. It's a joy. God is going to quicken us in such a way that we will run under an anointing, more people being released in ministry, more leaders being raised up, and we'll be even greater effectiveness than we've ever done before. But there is a realigning and a reassigning for some of you. Philip leaving the revival to go to the desert. What kind of a deal is that? It's a God deal. And the Ethiopian eunuch comes and he's quickened by the Holy Spirit. He runs after the Ethiopian. God moves him out of his finest hour of revival to the desert. And it's God. See, some people would never do that because there's no fame, there's no fortune, there's no increase that you can see in the natural. There's no money. I mean, what do you mean the desert? Why would God move me out of this place to the desert? Because he does stuff like that to position you in such a way so that you can receive maximum blessing and maximum release of God's kingdom in your life. And if you're not willing to let go of the good thing that he's given you, you might not ever get a hold of the great thing that he wants to you to have. Many churches are dying across America because pastors who've gone beyond their hour have not passed it on to the next generation. Last time I checked, John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. I'll just tell you, that's what this whole ministry is about. We wanted the whole next generation to run, whole next generation to flow, the whole next generation. And that's why I'll do stuff like, you know, launch a minister gill or set some of these young guys, get them going, man. I'm telling you, we can have a great move of God, but if you hold on to the old thing, you'll never get the new wine and an old wine skin. He doesn't put new wine in old wineskins. But he's still concerned that the old wineskins don't burst. 
Don't ever forget that. We honor what's happened in past seasons. We're thankful for the generations that have gone before us. We're standing on their shoulders. I have a word for you, Marine. She'll be all right. I know her pretty well. Here, come here. He's taking off tomorrow. I have a word for you. No, really. I remember like, really? And uh, I've been waiting to give it to you, so I know you probably have to go and pack and do whatever you have to do. But we want you to know that we're proud of you. And uh, we want you to know that we'll be praying for you. And you're going to do great. Here's the word of the Lord. Here, look at me, son. God has promotion for you that's beyond anything you can imagine. But it will not come if you still, there's a moment, hear me now, there's a moment that's going to come that you're going to need to speak up and ask for. I'd like that. I want that. I can do that. You, you let a boldness rise in your heart because I will tell you, there is not too many people with the kind of giftings that God has given you. I believe you're going to be an amazing soldier. Don't just hope that they're going to pick you out. May God give you a boldness and a fire and a zeal to ask for what God's leading you. I believe that God will elevate you, promote you, and make you very top of everything that you do. Everything that you do. He's going to quicken your mind. He's going to help you. Father, we thank you for this private Kurtz. Holy Spirit, quicken him, guard over him. I plead the blood of Jesus over him. You'd keep him off from all harm as he fights for our constitutional rights. You'd equip him and use him. Not a hair in his head would be harmed. Make him a great leader in the Marine Corps. And use him, Lord, to impact the lives of people there in Jesus' name. We put him into your hand. We put him into your charge. Bring him home safely to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. So God's realigning, he's reassigning, he's bringing us to new places, but if you don't let go of the old, you'll never walk into the new. And sometimes it's easy to let go of the old when it's moldy and rotten. <laughs> oh yeah, I left it all behind. Yeah, who wouldn't? You get diseased from whatever that was. Ah, you know, I left everything for a servant. You didn't have nothing. You didn't have nothing. You were busted, disgusted. You were jacked up. Praise God you left it. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. No, I'm talking, I'm talking lucrative blessing, favor, and God speaks to you. Can you obey him in, in those circumstances? That's what, that's what Philip did. And I believe we're entering into a time of realignment and reassignment. He talks to the Ethiopian. I can imagine him. Oh, so what do you do? Oh, I'm the, you know, I'm head over all the money. Queen Candace. And I think Philip is at, then at that point like, oh, it all makes sense now. Now it makes sense. Right. You're going to fund the revival. We're going down to Ethiopia. We're going to tear it up. We're going to have revival down there. Awesome. Let me tell you about Isaiah. He gets saved. Should there be any reason that I don't get baptized here? There's water. Nope, no reason. Let's baptize you. He gets out. He baptizes him. And 
he gets evaporated. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, like what? He what? Come on, come on, look, look with me. Verse 34, Ethiopian asked eunuch, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And Philip began at that very passage of scripture and he told him the good news about Jesus. And that's exactly what, if you haven't done that, you should do that all through the Old Testament. Find out who Jesus is. Find out who he is. Fully man, fully God. And as they talked along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Reading from the NIV, verse 38. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly, did what? Suddenly took Philip away. What? Away where? Just away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but he went his way rejoicing. <laughs> Philip, however, appeared. Yeah, at that city. Wow, and he traveled about preaching the gospel in the towns until he reached Caesarea, and we've been there. Wow. So Philip is taken away. What does that mean? It means he was translated. It means the Holy Spirit. <laughs> go, go look at a map. He did some serious travel. And the Ethiopian's like, what a trip. And Philip's like, what? I thought I was going to Ethiopia. This is a New Testament. Supernatural things are going to happen in our midst. I want you to contend. I want you to pray. I want you to believe for them. Ask for God to manifest his glory. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Seek his face. You don't ever ask. Don't ask to see angels. Don't do that. It's dangerous. Don't do that. Don't, don't ask to see angels. You might be greatly disappointed. Seek his face, but believe for release of manifestation. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.